to this week's edition of The Edge, the official podcast of Bass Edge Television, brought to you by our great friends at Ditchwitch. Bass Edge Television is on the World Fishing Network, also on the Wild TV Network in Canada, or Canada for you Canucks, however you want to say it, and we'll be back on the Versus Network in January of 2009. Aaron Martin is alongside, and he's going to be checking in with the King Man today, Mr. Stacy King. That is correct. Uh, Stacy obviously spent uh, many hours in, in this time of year on the fall, well, really across the board, but uh, he's got some great stuff to say. All right, and then we're going to be talking with Mark Jeffries from Bass Zone. It's all going to be right here for you, folks, right here on the X. You're listening to The Edge, the official audio program of Bass Edge. Brought to you in part by Ditch Witches On. Experience the revolution. Oh, look here. I got one. I got one. Look here. <laughs> I mean, he whacked that football jig. The blades will dictate a lot of times the speed of the retrieve or the depth of that bait. Oh, good fish. Good fish. Did you see him come off that log? Oh, look at that stuff gun, man. That's awesome. You know, you've got to just stay active. Fishing is not easy. Oh, man, that's a toad. This is unbelievable. All right, welcome back on the edge. This is Outdoors Dan Young, along with Mr. Aaron Indoors Martin. And you know what? We're uh, It's the fall, brother. I mean, it's so nice having 40-degree nights. It is awesome. Yes, and, uh, of course, that's relative to where you live, but... Uh, you well, know, we're talking. We're talking in the upper Missouri, in Iowa. Area. That, that's correct. But uh, you know, it, that's a transition though to where it's it kind of it's widespread. I mean, in the fall is much like you know when we talk about other things that uh, maybe deep water or anything like that. Bottom line is the fall brings a a temperature change pretty much uh, across the nation. Yeah. So what have you been up to, Dan? Sitting in a tree. Sitting in a tree. <laughs> Watching the day go by. Watching the day. Have you been seeing some good animals? Um, actually, I've been seeing some really nice deer. I just uh, hopefully I'll put smackdown with one on an arrow this week, and uh, I can get going. We've uh, I want to say congratulations to one of my pro staffers, Eric Ryman. His daughter Miranda shot a nice doe. Thirty-five minutes later, shot a 128 inch eight pointer. Wow! So congratulations to Miranda. I, I love having the kids on the TV show. Yeah, yeah it's uh... and, and uh, another shameless plug, if you don't mind, but because uh, I know we don't mention it quite enough. But my TV show is called Outdoors Traditions TV. You know, the Fox Sports Network anytime. And it's very good, I might add. You know, that really means a lot, pal. I, I'm, sh- you. I'm sure you follow that with all the other uh, valuable <laughs> comments that I give you. You know what? Anything that I get from the from the Blaze Pumpkin shirt guy, I'm happy with. I'm not, I'm not going to comment now. You're not, you're, I'm, not, I'm not being lured into that again. Yeah, so. you know what? It's your time of year, man. It is my time of year, and, and the, the unfortunate thing is that you know I, I'm, I'm I am doing the Halloween tour actually, you know, because of the ditch, bright orange ditch witch boat. I actually said that one time when we went uh, up to New York. Uh, the Halloween tour. Yeah, an individual made a comment. So uh, you know, you guys here fishing? And I said no. I said we're just actually doing the Halloween tour. And I said you know when you look at my gestures cap. It's got the green things coming off of it. I said they call me the Great Pumpkin, but uh, yeah, no, I had a little to, fun you there. You need to get your redneck guide to outdoor literature because <laughs> Foxworthy has a great line for that. When somebody comes up alongside and says, you guys fishing? You just say, nope, we're, we're flying. We're, we're, oh, see, now you got me messing it up. <laughs> now you got me messing it up. Yeah, no, we're not fishing. We're, no. we're, we're just trick-or-treating, going yeah, from dock tri- to dock. Yeah, but, uh, I'll, I'll have to go back and get the joke because yeah. it's pretty funny. See, that's why I'm just a radio host and not a comedian. Exactly. I don't do stand-up. So, uh, But, you know, speaking of the tour, I'm actually uh, packing. Um, we are on the final, I guess, leg. We've got four more shows yet to go, and, and I head out uh, Monday, actually, for Lake Murray, South Carolina. 
And then uh, we'll be heading on to Logan Martin uh, there in Alabama. So looking forward to that. And uh, actually, I'll hopefully have some good stuff to report back from that and, and kind of how all this fall ties into to the south as well. Yeah, and actually, I just remembered it wasn't fishing. Is if you and your and you and Don and the guys are out on location and you're flying a kite, mm-hmm. and somebody comes up there, you flying a kite. you i'm i'm normally I, I don't have the time to sit around and humor myself you know with, with television really <laughs> it's literature i know that's a foreign concept Ex- to you exactly all right well uh we, we better get off this subject or this will continue you know for those that know us uh you get us together and it's like the three stooges minus one so anyway. all right well folks we need to get rolling apparently he's ready to go talk to stacy king i am ready to go talk to to stacy king and uh you know, I want to hear what he has to say about the fall transitions because, again, this is a guy that has more years' experience in his little finger than, than probably most of us do in our lifetime. Yeah, absolutely. All right, folks, we're going to run a quick break. We'll be right back with Mr. Stacy King right here on The Edge. Give any type of boat the edge with MegaWare Keel Guard. It's simple to install, and we can now beach our boat anywhere. If you own a boat, you need one of these. MegaWare Keel Guard protects the keel of your boat from sand abrasion, from underwater obstructions, even concrete boat ramps. Kit started under $140, and best yet, it's guaranteed to keep on protecting for life. Thanks, MegaWare Keel Guard. Thanks, MegaWare Keel Guard. Welcome back to The Edge, brought to you in part by Ditch Witches On, establishing a new standard in trencher power and versatility. Well, welcome back to The Edge. This is Steve Brigman, and I'm here with one of the deans of bass fishing, Stacy King. How are you, Stacy? I'm doing good, Steve. Glad to see you again, man. Well, it's great. It's great to be on the water again. We're sitting here on a beautiful day on Table Rock Lake, uh, back here in a cove, watching bass hitting the back of this cove, and, and it's kind of a cool day, and it's getting that fall transition. Talk to our listeners a little bit about what we mean when we talk about a fall transition. Well, it's one of my favorite times of year to fish, Steve. The fish, uh, you know, have been on their summer patterns on summer structure, and the water temperature's starting to cool. The days are getting shorter, and uh, the shad begin to scatter, and the fish follow them. They move out, and they move up on the flats, and they move back towards the back of the creeks, and the fish uh, just naturally filter uh, after the bay fish. And uh, it's a fun time for me to fish. You can catch them on a lot of different lures and a lot of different techniques, and uh and it, I love being out here this time of year. Beautiful time of year to fish. It's just a lot of fun. Well, when you're going to a new lake or, or, or when a fisherman's going to a new lake and you're, you know, you're trying to determine, you're at an in-between time, maybe uh, here in Missouri, it's mid-September, I, we're getting about that time. How do you go about the process of determining where they're at in the, in the transition stage? Well, it's usually water temperature related. You know, you can watch the weather trends for the area you're going to. And then when you get there, of course, if you can pick up some, uh, information from the locals, uh, the marine operators, or, or just a friend or whatever to, to know if you've had the rain or if you've had cooler temperatures or if it's still hot or what, what the, uh, you know, the past weather conditions have been the past week or two. And, and, but primarily it's, it's a water temperature change. You know, when the water starts, if it's up high and up in the 80s and 90s, like it gets in the Midwest and the South in the, in the summertime, and then it starts dropping down and getting in the, 
uh, upper 70s, and then as it gradually cools on down, that's when the transition begins and when it, it gets stronger as it gets cooler. Well, let's walk through that transition just a little bit. Uh, from, from the summer when the fish are out in the deeper water chasing the huge schools of shad, what are those first moves that they begin to make? Well, they, they, I think they have a tendency to, to start suspending more. They're not as bottom-oriented, and the shad are up more. They're coming up more towards the surface. You know, that water's cooling and getting more oxygenated, and uh, I think the shad first start moving up and, and moving around, and the bass, of course, going to follow the dinner table. Wherever the shad go, the, ba- the bass are going to go, too. Okay, and, and let's talk about catching these fish. Uh, talk to me about some of the baits that you like to use. Let's start off early in the year when the fish are still out suspended a little bit. Well, you know, at that time of the year, I still am fishing some of the baits that I use when they're on the summer structure, like the big deep crankbaits and uh, and the spoons and, and stuff like that, because you can catch suspended fish on those type baits and fish that are active and moving around. And uh, as they gradually move shallower, then I start moving to the shallower type baits, shallower crankbaits, and I'm not necessarily saying real shallow, but the uh, you know, the eight, ten foot crankbaits, and then up uh, eventually the fish will get real shallow up on those flats, and you can go to the shallow running baits. Also, like to uh, use spinner baits a lot this time of the year, and uh, those are two of my most effective tools, but you can catch them on anything. It's just following the movement and finding where they are. You know, a lot of times they'll they'll become more active in the mornings and evenings in the fall, and then during the day they'll back out if you've got some timber in 10, 12, 15 foot or, or rocks or whatever. They may go to that structure and hold until evening, and at that time of the day you can probably catch some on a jig or worm around those trees or rocks or whatever. Well, I know in the summertime, you know, we, we, we find our fish uh, fairly schooled up, uh, you know, around the schools of shad. How do those fish behave? I mean, do they do they remain schooled up as they come in? Uh, is it a more scattered uh, It seems bite? to me like it's a more scattered bite. I think, you know, there'll be a lot of fish in a, in a general area, but they won't be all together necessarily like they are in the summer. You don't just set your boat in one place and get bite after bite like you can on a summer structure hole. But but there may be a lot of fish in a general area, like a two or three hundred yard area in a big bay or the back of a creek where there's a big bunch of shad. They'll just be all over the place out in there moving around chasing that bait. And so you, you've got to keep moving. And that's what why moving baits are so good at that time of the year, something that moves fast and you can cover a lot of water with. So it sounds like to me when we're, we're talking about fishing uh, in this transition and on into the fall, we're getting progressively more from fishing a spot to a pattern absolutely you're covering more water and in the same pattern may be working in several different creeks or bays or or arms of the lake you know so so if you find them in one area you may be able to go into another and then do the same thing you know give me an example of some of the patterns that, that you find common in, in the fall well i mean you know a couple of the, my favorite patterns to fish are when the fish get up in the shallower than 10 foot zone and I can take a, uh, you know, a mid-range small shad-type crankbait of some sort uh, and fish from zero down to down to the 10-foot zone and catch them on a crankbait. I like to throw those little smaller crankbaits. And sometimes the bigger ones, the big square bills are good at that time of the year, too, especially if you're in an area that has a lot of real quality fish in it. But if you're just fishing for fish, uh, you know, in bites, you know, I like the, the one to two inch crankbaits, uh, and, and then also the spinner baits. Uh, and, and that time of the year, a buzzbait or topwater can really come into play too, and you can have a lot of fun with that. Here we are the second week in September in our home waters, uh, Table Rock Lake, and, and that transition's beginning. It, uh, is. it I, is. I know some of the guys have been out this morning catching them on, uh, spinner baits and topwaters, but, 
But that's going to vary around the country quite a bit. It certainly will. You know, uh, the farther south you go, uh, the later it is before it begins to transition into the fall patterns. And uh, it's just, uh, water again, water temperature and uh, air temperature related, you know. And then the farther north you go, it, it has probably already started, you know. Uh, Mid-August up there or late August, a lot of those fish are starting to move up on the flats in the northern waters. The big smallmouth come up, and you can catch those uh you know, even the Great Lakes, you, you don't have to be in, a, in an impoundment to have a transition. It happens everywhere. You know, they'll, uh, like the natural lakes up north that have huge populations of big smallmouth, they have a transition where the fish uh, move from the structure and move up on the flats and feed heavy before they go back out into deep water uh, to spend their winter, you know. And, of course, here, Table Rock is known for its... Uh Amazing populations of smallmouths, largemouths, and spots. How, how different are those fish in the way that they transition and when they transition? Well, they all have certain tendencies and, and characteristics. Uh, you know, the spotted bass, for instance, uh, in the fall, most of the spots go deeper instead of coming shallow. Although you will catch some shallow spots, don't misunderstand me, but, but a lot of them will move right into a fall. During the summer, they're in a thermocline, typically. You'll catch those fish in the 25 to 35 foot zone, wherever that thermocline sets up that particular year. And then instead of coming shallow for a cool fall, a lot of those fish, as the water cools, they'll have a tendency to go deeper. And, and we catch them here on Table Rock in the 40, 50, 60 foot zone in the fall. Uh, when the other bass, like the largemouth, may be transitioning and they may all be moving to the banks and moving to any bank cover they can find. Smallmouth are a little bit mixed. Uh, you'll find some of them out there roaming with those spots in the deep water chasing the threadfin shad around, and sometimes you'll catch really big smallmouth on spinnerbaits up shallow in the fall. So they, they move around. You'll find them in a lot of different zones. But typically, I think we find more largemouth shallow in the fall, and the spots go deeper. Well, and, of course, this time of year, we, we uh, like today, uh, we've had a little cool front move through, and we've got a nice cloudy day, and uh, wouldn't mind be uh, casting a few spinnerbaits myself out here. But talk to me about these cold fronts and how that triggers the way you look for these transition fish. At first, uh, in the in the early fall or late summer, when you start getting some cooler days, uh, I think it really helps the fishing. You know, I mean, you typically if you get if you get a rain and and uh, a water temperature drop of three or four or five degrees you're going to have a little wave of fish move up immediately i mean they'll come up now they may not stay up there for long if it gets hot again but you're going to see a little wave come up and then uh, and then pretty soon you know it'll be stable for a little while and then you'll get another little cold snap and you'll see another bunch come up you know and uh, as you move on into fall you get to the point where and the water really starts getting cooler you'll see the times when a cold front will will hurt the fishing for a day or two you know when the water starts getting down in that uh, 55 to 65 degree range then uh, the fish they're probably not going to back out too much but they may shut down if you get a real cold front and a high pressure system in there for a day or two and then if you get like a one degree water temperature rise at that time of year or two degree rise they'll get real active in a hurry you know because they're feeding heavy they're wanting to feed up and get fat for winter do you find that the small mouse and the large mouse react different to the cold fronts um uh, not too much in table rock. I mean, all these fish react pretty much the same way, but uh, probably in, in some areas they would, you know, but not here. I, I find all these bass, are, these bass react pretty much the same. Okay. Well, I know a lot of your fans out there uh, have heard that uh, you uh, had a little uh, setback, spent a little hospital time. Uh, tell us about how you're doing. Oh, well, I'm fine. I feel great. I uh, had found that I had some blockages and had to have triple bypass surgery last year, but... Uh, 
I was fortunate I hadn't had any uh, damage or anything from it, and they just found the blockages and went in there and fixed them. And uh, it took a few months to get to feeling better, but I think I'm feeling better all the time. I think my endurance is coming back, and uh, and I, I can go out and fish hard all day and feel pretty good about it now, you know. And I, I'm just lucky that uh, uh, that I can still go as hard as I can. <laughs> I, I'm 59 years old, and I've been doing it a long time, and I want to keep doing it a lot longer. <laughs> well, I know I speak for pretty much the whole fishing world that's saying it's just great to see Stacy King back out in the water. Well, I appreciate that very much. I love to fish, and I like to help people learn how to fish. I started guiding when I was real young and have fished professionally for several years, many years, and uh, and I like to see people catch fish. love kids and like to see them get into it, so... Uh, so hopefully I'll keep teaching a little bit as I go along. Well, I tell you what, Stacy, it's been fantastic. Great to see you again, and 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 great to have you on the edge. Uh, what do you say we slip over here on the bank and throw a few spinners? I'm ready. Let's catch a bass or two. Okay, thank you, my friend. Thanks, Steve. All right, welcome back on the Edge Outdoors, Dan, Aaron, Martin, and what a really nice interview. He did a lot of good stuff, covered a lot of different topics pretty quickly. Yeah, and I appreciate uh, Steve Brigman doing those interviews. Uh, last week, he was fortunate enough to do Rick Clunz, and then uh, also this week, Stacy, and we've got a couple more, actually. He was able to hook up with several of these guys right lakeside at a, at a press conference that they were all at, so hence the, the perfectness of being able to get out on the lake and, and actually fish with these guys and see what they're doing and how they apply these these strategies, you know, that they use in the fall time. But I thought he did a, a knockdown job of, of explaining the not only the baits, but how he goes about uh, fall fishing. Yeah, you know, and this is really one of my favorite times of year for fishing, too. This is really when I use a lot of rattle traps and shad wraps. Right. Because I can go parallel with the bank five, six feet out, and if I need to, I can go out in a little deeper water and just slow my retrieve down and just let it fall and yep. then pick it back up, and I can get down to six, seven feet. And it's amazing where you, in the morning you can catch them shallow, and then if you get out the mid-morning, if you could just pull out a little bit farther and slow that retrieve down, you'll find bigger fish. Yeah, and, and you know, I thought his the point that he made about cold fronts uh, really starting to come into play. So many times, and that's something you don't want to hear normally as an angler, but like he said, this time of year when we're coming out of the summer patterns, you know, really moving into fall, Cold fronts can actually really trigger the fish to turn on, and that's because, um, you know, the fish will want to move in shallow to that cooler uh, water. As Bob Lusk has said many times, you know, cooler water can actually hold more oxygen than warmer water up to a certain point. Um, now, once we get more and later into fall and kind of approaching winter, that's when kind of the high pressure and the cold fronts, you know, dropping that water temperature down um, at the surface, those type of things will actually push uh, the fish to, to have lockjaw. So I thought that was a, a great point uh, that he made. And also just his kind of pointing out that he really likes to fish a pattern this time of year versus a spot just because the, the fish are so scattered. Yeah, and I love the fact that he loves throwing crankbaits because that's, like I said, that's two of my favorite right there. That I just, I don't know what it is, Aaron. I just catch a lot of fish on that crawdad rattle trap, man. It's just, that's one of my favorite lures to throw. Well, and, and you know, you share that with Stacy, and I, I think that goes back to what he had explained. You know, this is the time of year to where it's more of a scattered bite, that instead of holding to maybe a brush pile or something like they've been doing all year in the summertime or maybe a ledge or something like that, 
um, they're moving around. You know, those those bait fish are on the move. The crayfish are, are becoming more active. They're needing to get out and get fattened up for the fall because they know that it's not too far away uh, when that uh, that water temperature is going to plummet. He likes baits of which you can cover water, and I think that has a lot to do with it. If you think, going back to last week's interview and mathematics of fishing with Rick Clun, those type of things, just think about it from an odds perspective. You know, if you're flipping a jig, when those fish are holding uh, tight on some sort of pole timber or structure or dock, and you've got those fish dialed in. But this time of year when they're scattered, maybe going out on the flats, moving up to eat, you need to have something in your hand to where you can cover water until you get those fish kind of located in, in that pod. Then you can sit there and maybe pick off, you know, four and five before they, they move out again, uh, you know, later in the day. Yeah, absolutely. Folks, we need to take another break. When we come back, we're going to check in with the sonar man. And yes, we're not doing pings this week. We heard about that. So we'll come back with Mark Jeffries right here on The Edge. You've got the truck. You've got the toys. Now it's time to get the hitch that gives you more time to play with both. It's the tow and stow receiver hitch by B&W. You want options? Select the ball size, adjust the height to level the trailer, or stow it out of the way in just seconds. It's 10,000 tow and pounds worth of durability, convenience, and the latest technology that has made B&W famous. The tow and stow receiver hitch by B&W. Call 1-866-BEST-HITCH. Welcome back to The Edge, the official podcast of Bass Edge. All right, we are back on The Edge, and joining us for this week's installment of The Inside Edge is the founder and also friend of mine of BassZone.com, and that is Mr. Mark Jeffries. Mark, uh, thanks so much for being part of The Edge. No, thanks for having me on The Edge. Hey, you know, Mark, before we kind of dive off into the good stuff, uh, funny story, uh, you know, you and I have a very long history dating way back all the way to when we fished the uh, Central Pro-Ams, and long story short there, I still remember this because it's the only time it's ever happened to me, and that is we drew out boat number one, the only tournament I've ever done that at. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, that was back when I had time to fish. You know, everybody wants to get in this business <laughs> yeah. because they think they're going to be able to fish more. Come on. Well, and, and, not happening. No, no, no way. And, and, and you know, that's, that's kind of the funny thing is, is it's like if you like the sport of, of, say, hunting, you know, you open up a sporting goods store and quickly find out that, uh, hey, I don't get to hunt as much as... So I mean, anyway... Well, you get to fish a lot. Yeah, oh, oh, yeah. yeah. It's Good rough, places, too. Rough life, but somebody's got to do it, right? <laughs> so, but, um, no, I definitely want to make sure we maximize our time here because one of the things, you know, when Bass Edge started, uh, very first thing that we did was uh, really partner up with uh, your organization, BassZone.com, phenomenal organization, and we really see it almost kind of as a sister slash complement to the Bass Edge project because you are the only independent on location, you know, that covers the the tournaments. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, I totally agree with that statement. It, It is really great. To be in a situation where we can cover the sport on location and at the same time we kind of complement each of our businesses by you concentrating on tips and techniques and, and really trying to help everybody out there that fishes tournaments, non-tournaments, clubs, whatever the case is, we help them become better anglers and you guys are doing a great job. The one thing about being on location, you know, when I made the decision to do this full time, I thought, how in the world... Can you cover the St. Louis Cardinals or the St. Louis Blues by watching it on television, then calling somebody up and trying to get the emotion and the feelings that these guys are going through on a, on a telephone? Right. So I thought, hey, the way that this has to be done is you've got to be out there in their face on the water, and you really get a feel for what's going on. And we feel 
that we are giving our viewers and our listeners really uh, a different kind of story because we can see the emotions these guys are going through. Oh, there's no question because, I mean, and, and that's what really, I guess, when I look at the, at the overall BassZone.com project because it's, it's, yeah. it really is more than just a website, but that shows up in your radio shows, in the on-location camera interviews that you do, all the multiple faucets of BassZone.com. Because you're able to really disseminate that that emotion, get the photograph, you know, of Dean Rojas catching the the winning fish, and you know, I, I mean, tremendous. That's cool stuff. You know, one of the the crazy things that happened this year, and I don't know if you remember it, but at Kentucky Lake, Paul Elias actually brought in six fish to the tank. It's not like he brought them into the area where they beach their boats. He put six fish in the bag and he brought it up to the tank and. That right there was, and he readily admits it, one of the biggest bonehead moves in the history of the sport. But we were standing right there watching the whole thing develop. And there's no way that you could catch the emotion unless you looked at one of the pictures and how Harold... The legend, we got to talk about the legend, how the legend described what took place that day. Well, and, and and it's things like that, you know, because obviously Bass Edge spends a lot of time talking about the mental side through Dr. Jay McNamara and, and in the zone that we yeah. do there. But, you know, that is how it all plays out. You are literally on the stage. You have a floating classroom, if you will, uh, while you're, you're out doing this coverage. Yeah, you know, when I get to the point where I can do a little more fishing, I, I can't tell you, Aaron, how much that I've learned from these guys. Uh, I have a very rare opportunity to spend six to eight hours during the tournament each day just watching these guys, seeing how they make the adjustments. Hey, everybody knows these guys can catch fish, but the real thing that matters is how they adjust to the conditions, what changes do they make, and, uh, you know, we get to see a little behind-the-scenes stuff that I'm just going to keep in my pocket, all right? I'm just going to keep it in my pocket. Well, and, and, you know, the the other thing about Bass Zone dot com and and really the the multitude of things that you offer. Let's let's jump into some of these and, and highlight a few. You know, yeah. you do the wide open. You know, in a nutshell, what is what is wide open it's, for our listeners? It's kind of a, a tournament summary each day with the legend Harold Allen. Uh, you know, the fifteen time Bassmaster Classic qualifier. He and I kind of complement each other. We're we're total opposites. I mean, I'm six four. He's five eleven. Uh, <laughs> He's he's old school, I'm new school. So uh, we really enjoy doing that. We interview the leader from each day, and people will really get an insight on what's going on because nobody else really does that. You can see it rather than read it. Exactly. So, and, and then you have in the house, which I find this to be fascinating yeah. because you often wonder what goes on behind the scenes. Yeah, that was something that I, I came up with three years ago. And we've done a number of guys, Skeet Reese, Boyd Duckett, Jeff Cree. Uh, we've got a number of, of venues out there already. And it's really cool to see how these guys manage their tackle, uh, what they have in their offices, what they do with all the trophies that they win, and just kind of how they hang uh, when they're at home. Yeah, and you know, then one step further is you're really the only, um, I guess, national satellite radio show that's devoted exclusively to bass fishing, and you're going to really raise that bar again for the uh, 2009 season. Yeah, we're on XM Sports Nation Channel 144 on Sundays from 6 a.m., and then we also do a show at 8 a.m. Eastern Time. And this year we kind of tested... Uh, live shows, actually doing shows from the Bassmaster Elite Series events. Uh, I think we did four, 
And next year, we're going to ramp it up. We're going to do all 11 events live from each of the events, and we're going to have interaction with the listeners. They can call in. They can win stuff, and uh, I'm really excited about that. It's nice to get the guys, when they're right there on the show, because they can talk about what happened during the week. Right, and you can't cover up whether it be the frustration or the excitement or just kind of the middle of the road. I mean, it's raw. Yeah, no doubt. It's really fun. XM's been really, really good to us, and uh, I'm excited about next year. Well, Mark, I'm excited uh, as well to see all the many things. Uh, Obviously, you were the pioneer in doing what you do. Uh, Great, great project. It's truly a pleasure being affiliated with you guys. Unfortunately, we are out of time, um, but just so our listeners know, in the event that uh, they missed the first couple times we repeated it, obviously, BassZone.com or just simply go to the main page of BassEdge.com right there across the, uh, the bottom is the Bass Zone logo direct link to Bass Zone. Mark, thanks so much uh, for being part of The Edge. Well, thanks for having me on. Don't forget, it's all about being there, baby. That's right. When I'm fishing in a tournament, time is critical. I need fast, easy access to my lures. My Cook's go-to tackle system keeps my bait organized, tangle-free, and within easy reach. It installs in minutes under any deck lid, maximizing the storage space in my boat. And its durable construction lasts even through the harshest conditions. Get organized with Cook's Tackle System by calling 188-390-8780 or online at cooksgoto.com. Welcome back to the Edge. All right, welcome back on the Edge Outdoors. Dan along with Darren Martin. And you know, that Mark Jeffries and Bass Zone, if you want to find out information on a tournament or if you want to find stats, if you want to keep track of competitive fishing, I mean, he is a sonar man. He is right on the mark, and you can always track what you're wanting to find there on the bass zone. That is really neat. It is, and, and you know, I got to, of course, we, we kind of talked about this on the interview, but uh, I got to know Mark very early on when I actually drew him out. The only time I've ever uh, been boat number one was when I was actually a co-angler, and we drew out together. So Mark is, is a longtime angler, uh, very, very familiar with what's going on, and, and just the fact that they are on location it's uh, a third-party reporting, so means that they have no ties or affiliations to BASS or FLW. You know, I, I think that provides just a completely different perspective, not only on what's going on on the trail, but uh, brings a, a lot of things that you're not going to get from, from the agencies of which uh, the tournaments are put on by. Yeah, and actually, I probably should say, if you want to see what's on his radar or what the radar is, Sonar fishing, man. I, I gotta say, well, I gotta say, what's in my heart. Yeah, you know? sonar radar. You know, it's 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 all uh, similar as long as you're not flying. Yeah, but he's got everything up on the screen, man. He yeah. does a great job. So, Mark, my hats off. Congratulations. Got another good uh, question in from this time from Tommy in Cartersville, Georgia. You know what's really important about Cartersville, Georgia? Uh, why don't you enlighten me, Dan? Aaron, I'd be more than happy to do that. Cartersville, Georgia, is the home of Muzzy Broadhead. Is that right? That is. Did not know that. Is that in the north part of Georgia, south part, central, east, or west? Uh, It's in Georgia. It is in Georgia. I I hear you. You know, I'm not going to say because I'm probably wrong, but I I mean, I've driven past it when I was down here in Florida doing my Osceola hunting, but uh, I just know Cartersville is uh, where Muzzy's are. Georgia is a good state. Fished there many times and uh, will actually possibly be going back there for season four. So, uh, actually, Tommy's question. Do you have Tommy's question, by the way? I do. He wants to know what is the best way to beat a fishing swamp. Tommy, if you're in my house, just go to the local grocery store and buy a big quantity. <laughs> uh, this year, while we have fished second in the club points, we seldom make the money. 
body cut. Normally I get several fish over five to six pounds. This year we have not been so. How do you beat it, and how do you stay focused during the slump? And Tommy Kurt Dove, unfortunately for you, has answered that. Aaron, I'll let you proxy for Kurt. Absolutely. He said uh, the first problem that you have in the fish slump is that you believe you are in a slump. You keep thinking about what you have done in the past, focusing on the negative outcomes you have received in your tournament competitions or lack of catching a big fish, and that is not enabling you to see the positive things that are going to happen in the future either your next cast or your next event. Realize and focus on the success that you've had in the past, knowing that you can achieve your goals. Dump your tournament baggage and go out there believing you can win. Do not ever overanalyze what has happened. If you've done good before, there's not much I can tell you from a technique standpoint. You have the skills. It's your mental approach you need to look at. Best of luck, Kurt Dove. And, you know, Dan, one thing I've got to say right there is... Uh, Jay McNamara, obviously, we, his book, you know, The Psychology of Exceptional Fishing, that really just reiterates exactly what Jay McNamara talks about in his book. And then also, you know, a few weeks ago, we had Jared Littner on here talking about, you know, he used to play the basketball, remember, and every time he stepped on the court, he believed that he could win, and that's what has parlayed over into his fishing. So, you know, I, I think just great advice. Oh, absolutely. You know, Tommy, what I do is I look in the mirror every time before I go hunting, and I say, I'm going to kill the bear. And I just keep saying it. It happened. I got the bear. There you go. So uh, a lot of positive reinforcements there. Hey, we almost did that in stereo. (laughs) Did you hear that? (laughs) See what we did there, folks? We're always there for you. Hey, don't forget to check out the latest Bass Edge merchandise where you can buy stereo equipment. Sign up for the e-newsletter. You can also get prize giveaways. All you need to do is send us in a question for the prizes, but just please include your shipping information. Very important to do that so we know where to send it. And... Don't forget the Ask the Pro section is up, ready for you, as well as the new video clips where you can see Aaron's new fall attire. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, you know, we also, Dan, have coming up, in addition to our great show, we're, we're going to have a major announcement, and I think next week is when we are going to get the go-ahead to do that. Um, so make sure you tune in, because right here on the edge is where we are going to break that news. I haven't even told you yet, Dan, so uh, I'll cue you in about five minutes before we get on the air. Oh, that's, that's normal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. don't break the mold there. Yeah. yeah. That's all right. Well, you know what, folks? Hey, don't forget, if you're on iTunes, if you want to do us a favor, let us know how we're doing. Just give us a rating on the iTunes chart there so we can uh, make sure we're meeting all the needs of you guys out there. And if you're not signed up for the newsletter, just go to BassEdge.com. Everything you need is under one roof, BassEdge.com. Check it out. Aaron, who's up next week? Next week, we have Skeet Reese, which uh, we are, are kind of getting off of out of the fall transition period now and really getting into Skeet's head kind of on consistency, mental toughness. He brings it next week. And then also to back that up, we have Bob Lusk. And we are going to dive off into the topic of does sonar and the energy that's emitted from a transducer, rather, what are his thoughts on the effect that that has on bass? All right. Are pings bothering your fish? Find out next week, folks, with Bob Lusk right here on the edge. How's that, buddy? There you go. I'm, I'm proud of you. Well, thank you. I, you know, I do do this for a living. I don't get paid much, but I do do it for a living. <laughs> hey, folks, that's going to wrap up for this week. On behalf of Mr. Martin and I, we'll see you next time right here on The Edge. Go wet a line and have a great week. Bass Edge would like to thank the following sponsors who make the Edge audio program possible. Ditch Witch, Mother's Waxes and Polishes, B&W Trailer Hitches, 
Megaware Keel Guard, Cook's Tackle Management Systems, Ardent Rule the Water, Legend Boats, O'Reilly Auto Parts, Superstar Batteries, and the Clarks Hill Partnership of Georgia. For more information on Bass Edge, including our television show, training materials, e-newsletter, and podcast, please visit www.bassedge.com. Be sure to join us next week on The Edge.